All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. That's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. So, this is Goodnight Harlem. I am Law. My name is Avia. Avi Gots. And we're going to start to show off today a little somber. As you guys are well aware, on uh, March 31st, Nipsey Hussle was gunned down by... A hood nigga named Shitty Cuz. Literally, the man's name is Shitty Cuz. No, literally his name is Eric Holder, which is the same name as our attorney general. So he just like completely just diminished his whole thing. Uh, So we're going to start today's show off with Hyper Good Nights. We're going to do our standard show in... Uh, we'll go from Hyper Good Nights to Black Card Revoked and from Black Card Revoked to our main topic and, of course, the do's and don'ts. But the, the theme and the thread of today's show is sensitivity. Um, we're going to talk a lot about sensitivity today and we're going to cover a lot of ground. So let's start with Hyper Good Nights. Uh, Hyper Good Nights, for those of you who are new to the show, are our way of talking about trending topics uh, we hype things we like. We good night things that we don't like. So let's start the show off the right way. Uh, hyper good night, Avia, to Chris Darden, aka the prosecutor from the OJ trial who lost to OJ's dream team, being Shitty Cuz's lawyer, aka the guy who gunned down Nipsey Hussle. I'm gonna good night this. Um, I don't know any, maybe depending on what your answer is, maybe there's a way you can tell me how someone would hype this up. I feel like Chris Darden was, I don't know, he was given a, a he was given a, a interesting hand in the whole legal system dealing with the OJ case. And being, um, you know, a prosecutor in that case. And, you know, a lot of people felt like he was turning against the black community, even being a prosecutor in that case. But at the end of the day, we all look back and say, well, OJ did it, though. So it's like he, he went through this hazing. He went through this hazing of doing his job. And then people turn their backs on him, but we all felt like OJ did it. You know, this is a different case. This is a case where we clearly see a man shoot Nipsey. Nipsey says a few words. He shoots him again and again and again, kicks him in the head and runs off. This is a case where we have clear evidence that this man has done this this job of murdering um, a rap great. And yes, someone does need to defend him because 
according to our court of law, he he deserves uh, some sort of um, defense. But why does it have to be Chris? And why did Chris agree to do this case? I feel like he had options. He's 62 years old. He doesn't have to do this. You know, at this point, he could be retiring. And unfortunately, who I really feel bad for when it comes to this Christopher Darden thing is his family. Because they've had to deal with backlash because of what the choices that he's decided to make for his own career. And right now what's happening is his daughter is receiving threats on social media because her dad is choosing choosing to represent shitty cuz. And that's not cool at all. And this is his same daughter that Good night to anybody going after his daughter. Right. Like you Like she stop. like she even has a choice in what her dad does. And so I can't imagine having a father in a very high profile situation whose name was connected to a very high profile person um, being kicked off that case and having to go through that trauma of being connected to this person because he is my father. And then and he's doing his job. And then he's choosing to take on another case that's very controversial and having to go through that trauma again. Like she's literally reliving this trauma 20 something odd years later, which is not cool. So I'm good nighting anyone who is um, coming for his family in a crazy way. And I'm, I'm good nighting his decision to represent because he could have opted out. Okay, this is going to be a weird one. I'm hype nighting it. So I had a feeling you were going to do well, something crazy. Well, well, here's the reason why I'm hype nighting it. Uh, I'm, and for those of you who don't know, hype nighting is just being in the middle on this. And here's why Him I'm Him not being able this. to make a decision. Yeah. So, <laughs> so at first, I was really angry with how could you do this? Like, why would you do this? What kind of asshole does, would, like, take on this case? And that's where my mind is. And I, I was good nighting him because I just kept thinking, if there is some form of insanity plea that that guy could push, he, of all lawyers, would be the one who wants to get him off. Like, he is the guy that's like, man, if I can get this to make, make this happen. And I really thought about this. I'm like... I know for sure you don't have state money. Like, this isn't a standard. You know how the state gives you a lawyer sometimes? You right. know, this ain't no standard. So who's paying for this? Or or is he doing it pro bono? Like, I would love to understand that. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you he's not doing this for free. Oh, of course not. Now, on the other end, I am I'm going to hype this because, and this is sad, if you're really trying to chase clout and you really want to get back in the spotlight, and I know it's been years and I know you've only had like your time on like the major networks, this is how you do it. This is marketing 101. This is how you do it. If you can get this guy off, it changes the way people view you. Not our people, not our community who who's already turned our back on him, but it changes the way other people view you. I would say this, though. If you do end up getting this guy off, it's over for him. I'm not, this is not a threat from me. This is not me saying I'm going to do anything. I'm saying shitty cuz ain't going to make it very long. I'm just, I don't think he has more than a week on the streets. I mean, his own gang crew is looking for him. I don't think you got a week. They were talking about 
to the cops like if you get them first or we get them it, it's, it's going down basement like it doesn't matter so his, his, his own people are not riding for him so yeah you're right he the, would not have a long time on the streets before something happens to him before we transition to the next topic I do want to bring up two things about this though one being the girl who dimed him out uh, she could have lost her job over that. You're talking about the one that was driving the car? No, that's not who dined him out. Oh, I don't know who dined him out. No, he was going to some facility or some of some sort. I don't know if it was a hospital or something, but she dined him out. And then she went on her Instagram and like spoke about it. Now, she could absolutely lose her job, but it's also her job to report these things to the cops. So that's the only reason why she didn't lose her job. I am, for once in my life, happy that somebody, like, legit went to the cops with something once they saw somebody. I am. Just genuinely. I don't care what anybody thinks about that. Who I really was don't. the girl to him? No, she didn't know him personally. It wasn't that. It was just more so he was he was somewhere. I don't know what kind of facility it was. I don't know if it was a hospital. I heard that he tried to check himself into a mental institution saying he wasn't all the way there, but... Truly, if you're not all the way there, would you even think to do that? Just asking. I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> the the other part of this, though, and this is what I think, I don't know. We do have to talk about mental instability. Because what he did to me, and he'd already, he had already had three or four times that he's checked into a mental uh, home. So this isn't like, it's... It's not new for him to have gone to a halfway house, basically. it's not That's not new. Um, I said all that to say, this opens up and sparks a larger debate, yet again to me, around mental stability. Not just our community, but across the states. Like, we just, we don't have an answer for this. We don't actually work on this enough. I don't know what it is that we could possibly do. I don't know if the government needs to put more funding towards it, but we have to talk about mental stability more we have to talk about mental health and i don't know how else that changes that's just my two cent um all right let's move on to the next one and this further along the lines with nipsey oh kodak black i don't really like mr i don't really like the person that we imitate the most on this whole show mr i don't really like like black girls like that so <laughs> so and we really don't really like you like that. <laughs> it's factual. Um hyper good night to rappers, fans and radio stations canceling Kodak Black over his comments around shooting his shot at Lauren London post Nipsey's death. Now obvious, let's take a listen to what Kodak said. Like, 
All right, let's let's jump back in here. So if you guys heard that, and I don't know if you heard it very clearly. Y'all need some audio subtitles for that audio clip. Um, <laughs> the basis of what he said is he would give himself a year, maybe two, three years. And what he was really trying to say is if she saw all the good things that I was doing, which would be similar to things that Nipsey was doing for his community, you know, maybe she want to come around me. That's what he explained. Too much credit. No, no. He had backup videos after this. He had follow-up videos after this explaining what he was trying to say, which is why he clearly oh, said that. No. Which is why he clearly said there. I ain't try- context. I wouldn't be trying to shoot my shot. He literally says that there. Then the audio. He says, "Oh, but she can cry my shoulder and shit for like a couple years. Like you know, she's basically a widow. Like, and then I'll shoot my shot. Like." Right, and then when he gets the backlash, he colors it in with more positive right. affirmations of what he meant. Right. Bye bye. Now, <laughs> now that sparked reactions from everybody, from Ti to Game to Tank, like you name it. People came for his neck and head. Mm-mm-mm. Hyper good night to people wanting to cancel him, though, including. 106 in LA saying that they're going to take his music down altogether. I want to start with this. Go ahead. Um, Unfortunately, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm actually good nighting this. I am genuinely good nighting this. And the reason why I'm good nighting this is because this is about masculinity. The reason why everybody's upset, in my opinion, is about masculinity. It is not about Lauren London. If this was about women or about Lauren and about grieving for her, then it'd be a different story. But it's not. It's about masculinity. And in in the worst possible way in this instance. Because we're going to ignore all the other fuck shit he's done before this. Mm -hmm. And you guys didn't cancel him before. Me and Avia talked about canceling this motherfucker for I don't really like black girls like that. Ever since. Ever since I don't really like. Right. So I don't know where the fuck y'all motherfuckers been. But we been here. So he said that almost what? A year and some change ago? Probably. Maybe even longer. I don't know. All right. So he says the thing about I don't really like dark skinned women like that. He goes as far as to have, uh, I don't even want to call it harassment. It was damn near predatory the way that he was talking about Young and May. After Young and May had already told him, this ain't happening for us. He was basically saying, how could you not be okay with somebody wanting to, you know, penetrate your vagina if you have one? (laughs) What? If you have one. (laughs) She's a lesbian. Like. That means nothing. Seriously. And then on top of that, he is allegedly, right now he's in a case, he's allegedly a rapist. That's alleged. I don't know when that trial actually ends, so I'm not con- I'm not saying that he did it. I'm not saying he didn't, but that's alleged. So all of these things happen, and then it takes him to say something about some somebody's man who these people respect, somebody's woman who these people respect, that's dead. That's when the cancelization happens. It didn't happen before this, but it happens right now. 
nah, either you keep that same energy or this is all fake. And I don't like fake outrage. So go for it. Um, I'm going to have to goodnight this for the same exact reasons that you mentioned. Like, you know, the homophobic slurs towards young, young M.A., um, all his charges, felony charges, cases, like, and I know everyone's like, oh, separate the art from the artist, but it's like, okay, we can watch a six-hour R. Kelly documentary and then ban R. Kelly's music from Spotify, but then someone gets convicted of rape and it's like, oh, that's cool, until he says something about Lauren London. Like, at this point, cancel culture is just a joke. That's really what this has shown me. That we're going to cancel someone off of a comment that he made about Lauren London. And, you know, honestly, I feel for Lauren London. She's definitely going through it right now. And I would wish that no one would make any comments that are derogatory towards her during this time of of mourning and healing. Oh, yeah. Don't get it twisted. We don't condone what the motherfucker said. Right. But at the end of the day, that is not the reason to cancel him. That is not the reason. If we're going to choose out of all the reasons... That would not be it. And had he been canceled, he probably would have made that statement. Because now what's happening is he's doing what the Gucci's and the Prada's did. He's apologizing. He's retracting. He's trying to like, oh, no, I meant this when I said that. He's trying to get the, the, the media on his side again. Now that there's backlash, he realizes this could affect his sales, his money, everything so at the end of the day kodak you need the media and all that stuff that you said about lauren and your your own boys even telling you yo it's too soon to even joke like this and you kept going mind you kodak didn't know he was being filmed but it doesn't matter because guess what can i finish i'm getting mad okay go who i i would Nothing it's fun. on his live, but clearly someone went on Kodak's account and filmed him. Kodak wasn't sitting there at like a selfie recording himself saying this. His back was turned to the camera. So I don't even think that he knew that he was being recorded until people started backlashing against him. And then he's like, oh, shoot, that's out. Now I got to like figure out, you know, he's his own PR. So that says a lot about where he, where he, how far he can go in this situation. But... My thing is you've shown your true colors time and time again. And honestly, this is the sole reason why cancel culture is just a joke. And I just I'm just kind of like I can't even take it seriously because out of all the things to cancel somebody on, it's going to be based off of a insensitive comment. Yes, very insensitive. But if we're going to cancel someone based off of that alone, do you know how many people from our industry will be canceled? A lot more than that than are you know what I'm saying? Like Charlemagne would have been canceled a long time ago. And I and I and I'm a stand for Charlemagne, but yes, sometimes he makes insensitive comments. So we need to pick our battles. And this ain't the this ain't the right battle. Like I just don't appreciate how we choose to get upset over certain things and not upset over things that actually matter more. And I'm not saying that Lauren's feelings don't matter in the situation. All I'm saying is that someone being convicted of rape is a little bit more of a serious charge than someone being insensitive about wanting to holler at you after, you know, your situation. He hasn't been convicted of anything yet, though. That's what I read. All right, but let's... Just saying. 
Let, let's continue charged. on. I'm sorry, charged. He's charged. Let, let's continue on. The next subject on the docket is hyper good night to Beyonce not signing a shoe deal with Reebok due to lack of diversity in the meeting. Woo, Chale, when this story came out, I said, oh boy, how did y'all fuck this one up? How is that even possible? How you bring a full white staff of people in a room with Beyonce to pitch to her to be a part of this Ivy Park stuff? None of this stuff makes sense to me. Not only that, Beyonce didn't even give them a full like five minutes. She came in and asked, is this going to be the team that's going to be working with me? They said, yeah. She said, I'm going to go outside and then didn't come back. Is that the way it went down? Yeah. I heard conflicting stories. Yeah. And I don't know if that was Reebok trying to save face, but um, let's say you. I hope, I hope that didn't go Hi- that way. Hyper good night. This is perfect for you because you all have been the marketing scope of things. Uh, I'm good nighting Beyonce on this. Oh. I am absolutely Plot twist. good nighting Beyonce Beehive, on this. come after him. I'll give you his address at the end of the episode. I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> um, yeah. My main reason for goodnighting Beyonce on this is I appreciate your attempt at trying to diversify, you know, trying to diversify somebody else's staff. I appreciate that. I I genuinely do. Uh, There is something bigger at stake for this to me. One, you could have went to any shoe company that is African-American owned and try to do something with them, honestly. Give somebody like else big a baller shot. brand. No, but give give somebody <laughs> else a shot. That's one. But two pastries. Is, two, I, I mean, like what's two. There? Two. This is a bigger one. Like the the first part of that, it would have been a lot bigger to me because I want other black people to get shine. But this one is the way bigger. Reebok is owned by Adidas. You signed your deal with Adidas. At the end of the day, you cancel one department and went to the next. That's really what you just did. So no matter what, they got you to sign with them. And whether it's their team in Boston or it's their team in Oregon, it's still the same holding company. So those people are still getting you to push their market share. At the point that you sat down during that meeting and you said that it wasn't diverse enough, you should have walked away from their entire holding company and said, I can't do business with y'all. That's how that should have went. And that's my two cents. Do you think she was aware of all that? I think Beyonce has enough people around her that are aware about that. And I think they probably let her know. My assumption is one of two things. Either she had the meeting with Reebok first and it turned sour. And then they went out and was like, let's make sure we have the right people in the room. When we pitched the Adidas one. Or she went to Adidas first, saw what they had, and went, okay, this is good. And then when she went to the next pitch, they just fucked it up. Either way, you can't tell me there wasn't other options. That's just it. Well, they say that uh, she was in talks with Jordan Brand. Or Jordan Brand had showed interest, and so did Under Armour. I guess she was in talks with them. Um, so she did kind of shop around. I'm actually going to hype it. Um, I totally get what you're saying. If if Adidas owns Reebok, then essentially she went with the same company. But I will say this: like, 
companies and brands are very disjointed. And I can say that because I a lot of my clients that I work with are high profile clients and you can talk to one division and they know nothing else about the other division. And the success of one division has nothing to do with the success of the other. Because they have separate P&Ls. Okay, continue. So, okay, I don't know my acronyms like that. but um, Profit and losses. Okay, great. So if Reebok were to ever go down the drain, Adidas would still be okay. So I can understand someone not going with one division, even if it is a part of the bigger company, and going with the other division if the other division is actually doing something right. And who's to say that what happens at Adidas just trickles down to Reebok anyway? They could run their companies two completely different ways, two different HR departments. Who knows? I don't know what the deal is. All I'm saying is that whether she met with Adidas first or Reebok first, what she did made a statement. And for that reason, I'm hyping it because if the biggest star in the world right now is going to not sign with you because of all of the lack of melanin in the room, I wonder how this is shifting for other brands who wanna work with high profile people like Beyonce or even Beyonce and they know what they have to do in order to make sure that that doesn't happen to them. Like, I think that this statement, yeah, she could have gone straight to a black company. And I don't even think that she was trying to be um, strategic and say, well, if they don't have people of color in the room, I'm going to make this statement. I think that this is just the way that it happened. And because the statement has been made, I think that other people are going to be mindful of the people that they have in the room when they want to partner with big people like the Beyonce's, like the Jay-Z's, like a Kanye. Um, and I think that it's great that she even asked that question. Beyonce is the same person. I know I'm sounding real beehivey, but I'm I'm kind of Beyonce borderline. But I can't acknowledge her 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 um her strengths. Beyonce is the same person who was in charge of hiring the very first black cover photographer for her Vogue shoot. In all the years that Vogue has been around, they had never had a black photographer for their cover shoot until Beyonce chose one. So she's been known to make waves and I can't do nothing but like applaud her because she's taking her power and she's using it wisely. And that's a lot more that that she's doing than most other people are doing in her position, I can say. So hype. Good job, B. All right, let's move on to Black Card Revoked. And for Black Card Revoked, this is a segment where Law and I alternate every episode. Uh, we talk about the things that make us stereotypically not black. And this week is Law. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. For today's Black Card Revoked, I want to talk about something that I think in general, Americans as a whole, we have an affinity to these things. We really do. We have an affinity uh, towards dogs. We really do. We love dogs. We are a culture of dog lovers. And with that being said, black people in specific love big ass motherfucking dogs. I mean, they like Rottweilers. They like pit bulls. They like shit that if you piss it off, it might bite your fucking arm off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I live in Harlem. I live around a lot of black people. 
No, I thought you were going to say a lot of dogs. No. And <laughs> it just so happens that a lot of these black people have dogs. Some of them have small dogs. But for the most part, a lot of the black people that I see on the streets have big dogs. And here is where my black car will be revoked. I don't like any big dogs in any capacity. And I know this sounds weird to say out loud, but there is nothing about having a big dog to me that actually makes sense. First off, some people's dogs are stronger than them. Why the fuck would you want an animal that's stronger than you? That don't make no goddamn sense. Are you going to say it's for security purposes when that motherfucker can run your ass over? <laughs> Number two, um, if your dog happens to get into it with somebody else's dog and inflicts harm to somebody else's dog, guess who pays that goddamn bill? Not the dog. Your ass does. You're responsible for the actions of your crazy ass motherfucking big ass dog. And number three, this shit gets even worse. These motherfuckers poop like grown humans oh. and big ass adults. Mm-mm. If you've never seen one of these fucking mutts walking around the streets, they plop down and give you fucking baby arms at the baby arm at the baby arm baby of shit. And then the last one, and this is the bigger one. I don't want to be around anybody's dog that when they see me, their first inclination is to be extremely aggressive. And or their thought of playing is to jump on me. No, 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 B. If you don't sit your 180 pound ass down, nah. So anybody that thinks that I am anti-animal, you are wrong. I'm just anti-big motherfucking dog. Mm, 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 mm. I said it and I don't care. I don't really like how you call their, their feces baby arms though. <laughs> Like, ew, now I can never look at a baby's arm the same way again. Because I'm like, oh, this is the size of a big dog's poop. Oh, God. Baby arm? <laughs> oh, that's gross. Why don't you say water bottle? No, the, the thing is, none of these people are sensitive to what anybody else thinks about their goddamn dogs. They never think about how other people see or view their dogs they're just like well this is my dog this is what i'm doing never thinking about anybody else when they have their dog it's just like people who have big ass trucks or big ass cars they're like yep i got this big ass goddamn vehicle and i don't even see yours and if i hit you i hit you and i don't like that i will say this though um i would i don't understand people putting themselves in a position where they have an animal in their apartment small living quarters that is the size of them and that's not paying rent or mortgage <laughs> like honestly if anything or body is living in my house and they're my size trust and believe they're gonna be dishing out some money for something facts. a light bill or something big facts and the dog is a bill it <laughs> is it is it's like having a child i always told myself like i'm gonna have dogs before i have kids you know how to, to feed that big-ass dog? Oh, hell no. They're probably feeding it like people food. Come on, man. Come on. All right. Let's move on. Let's go to our main topic for today. As far as our theme for today, we talked about earlier how our theme was sensitivity. And sensitivity is something that I think 
we could cover in a multitude of ways, but specifically, I wanted to talk about two things that happened. And one happened last weekend. The other happened over the past week and a half or so. All right. So the first one I want to begin with, I had um, a, a relative come into town who's younger, a younger cousin. And it was interesting. It was interesting to say the least because I learned a lot about myself internally. I also learned a lot about her. How old is she? Um, she's 17. Okay. So her perspective on things is a little different. Cause a little. She... <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Way older than that. Because <laughs> what? Was she born like 2002? I can't do that, man. But it was about two thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's some easy math. I could do that. It's, it's about two thousand and two. So that means a lot of things that I am accustomed to and the way that I was raised. It's just night and day. There's certain things where I don't expect her to understand me, and I don't expect me to a hundred percent understand her. But we're having a discussion, and in the discussion, my girlfriend was a part of the conversation we were talking about heartbreak and it was a very simple conversation because she was expressing to us and by she i mean my cousin she was expressing to us something that she had went through within a previous relationship somebody cheated on her which is it it definitely happens it's not it's not surprising they're really young. So immediately when my girlfriend hears her say, hey, this took place and it's unbelievable and it's devastating and I don't know how I'm ever going to get over this. My girlfriend's immediate reaction is, well, how old are you? And of course, she tells her 17. And immediately when she says 17, my girlfriend's response is, Oh, girl, there's going to be so much more that'll go down in your life. Don't let this one thing hold you back. There's going to be so many more people you meet. There'll be so much. It's the general boilerplate kind of, you know, response because essentially she knows that there'll be more in the future. Mm -hmm. And then my girlfriend throws out a few examples here and there about things that she went through when she was around a similar age just to comfort her. Well, she leaves. My girlfriend, that is. My girlfriend leaves uh, an hour or so later. And me and my cousin are talking. And my cousin says to me, see, what just happened there with your girlfriend is exactly what I'm talking about. I was like, what? And I went, oh. She goes, I don't feel like any adult respects me having my own feelings. All they ever do is dismiss me. Oh, you're a teenager. You should get past that. You should get over that. And your feelings don't really matter now. And it doesn't really matter. And all of this stuff, you'll get past it. You'll get past it. Well, she's like, I was in love with somebody. I'm not allowed to have that emotion. I'm not allowed to feel the way I feel. And she goes, all she did was dismiss me. Hmm. And it's toxic. Oh, wow. 
And she's like, that's what adults always do. They always dismiss teenagers that have feelings. And she's like, that's not anything new. She's like, every show I've ever watched, it's the same way. Kids don't know anything. So you should get past this. And it's no different than when, this is her words, not mine. It's no different than when little boys are raised to believe, oh, man up. What is what she said? She's like, I can't have feelings. I'm not allowed to express myself. I'm not allowed to feel these things. I'm supposed to just suppress these feelings. And that's how people go crazy. Does she not think to have that same response when your girl was here? She didn't think it would be polite to bring that up. Mm. She. I would have been interested in hearing what that conversation would have been like. Just to see where that could have taken things. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I want to speak from my side of it. Because I did address it. I don't, I knew, I know my girlfriend was not saying that from a bad space. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's just not her MO. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be very clear. She wasn't saying something to purposely make you feel bad. She was saying something that she felt like could connect you guys because she had all these instances. And yes, by definition, she did dismiss what you were saying because she's in her mind is thinking this is small potatoes compared to what you'll go through in the future. But she her response was, well, I'm still in this right now. So it's something that happened to her recently. No, it wasn't recent. It's probably in the past year. Recent to me would be like something happened in two two months, three months. But, but she's still but emotionally like, affected yes, by it. Yes, okay. absolutely. So for her, how am I supposed to just feel? How, how, do, how do you guys expect me to feel when everybody suppresses everything from me? Mm. And this gets into that topic around sensitivity. I think for me personally, there's only so many ways that I can say something like that's just me i know there's other people that can find a better way to say something we talked about this before i can sandwich things meaning that i can give you a good bad good i can say something good to you i can say something bad in the middle and then say another good thing to kind of cap it off or i can give it to you straight giving it to you straight doesn't necessarily bode well when it comes down to the language i'm going to use it could be very offensive or I can try my hardest to use language that I feel like is going to appeal to you, which is, in all honesty, with the PC culture that we have, that would be your best bet in how you should handle every situation. It's just not always efficient when you're having a conversation. And that's therein lies a lot of my problem. I'm about being efficient, so I'd rather just tell you straight up, this is what I mean. This is what I think, blah, blah, blah. And that can blow up. I said all that to say the next stage of the conversation that we had was around college admissions in which, again, I'm not trying to be offensive now, but I know how this took a twist for the worse. She told me she wants to go to HBCU. I applaud that. You know, you went to HBCU. So mm-hmm. anybody that's about that life is great. And she wants to go to it based on a lot of emotion that she has towards not only wanting to kind of be a part of the black experience at an HBCU, but support black schools. I get it. I'm like, that is beautiful. Did that you is... go to a black school now? Um, Half. Half. 
So it's half yeah. black and half whatever. White, white basically. Okay. So it's a it's a mixed group. Um, but for her, this is her opportunity to go to a historic black college and have the HBCU experience and support a black school. And she's about the black empowerment movement. Mm-hmm. I hear all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also understand the whole language around her being like, yeah, you went to a PWI, which is funny. Because I'm like, you haven't even went to a historic black college, but I'm glad. I'm glad I'm already She's college shaming. Right. I'm, I'm glad I'm already a She's PWI. dismissing you. <laughs> How is she going to dismiss your experience just Ooh. because it's not her major one? Or she doesn't know. No, okay. <laughs> anyway. But I love where she wants to go with this. I love where her mind is. Um, she's very smart. She says she wants to get into psychology. I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. So... I get to ask the hard questions because that's what I'm supposed to do. I want to be able to understand the why behind these decisions. And if you want to go to historically black college, let's dig deep into that. So I ask her specifically, what is it? Not what is I said, is your school accredited for your degree? Meaning, do people know your school for that degree? Which will make it easy and efficient. The school that she wants to go yeah. to. Yeah, it'll make it easy and efficient for you to get a degree. I mean, to get a job when you get out of school. Where does she want to go? Well, I'm not gonna say that on here. Oh, okay. So I ask her. Um, she says yes, of course. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, let me look this up then. I just want to see where your school stands. I look at the top 50 psychology schools. The top 50 HBCU. Schools that have psychology degrees right after that. So I start with the HBCUs. I go, okay, where is your school? I look at the top 10. I don't see her school in the top 10. So I'm shocked. You know what's funny? You saying you don't see her school in the top 10 already tells me which schools it's not. But go ahead. All right. (laughs) Then I go to the top 20. Not there either. That's not good. So then I look at the top 50. Her school is between 45 Mm-mm. and 50. Mm-mm. I hope it's not Grambling or like Morris Brown or something like, I don't know. So I'm, I'm confused. I say to her, I don't quite understand. Your school is not in the top. So I'm not saying this is a bad decision. I'm saying this is not going to be conducive of you being as efficient as you can when you get out of school to get the job that you want, especially if people don't view your degree as like accredited. She says, well, out of the schools that are above that I could get accepted to in the top 10, which she's like, a lot of them I can't afford. She's like, I can't afford Howard. Howard was number one. Mm. Um, I didn't know how much Howard was. She told me, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to be blatantly honest, if you're out of state, if you're out of state to go to Howard, well, it is not cheap. Most people are out of state because most people don't live in D.C. But um, yeah, it's definitely <sighs> it's definitely shot up since I've been to Howard. I will say that I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So more power to you for spending all the money that you did. All right, I I said it shot up. No, how how wait, wait? How did me wait saying the tuition has shot up since I've been? You already assume you know how much I paid to go. Wait a second. What I know my school was cheaper, just based oh, on well, so, like okay. I, 
I'm I'm grateful. I paid now. more for a black experience. What can you I really say? Really did quality over quantity. That I guess great. I don't yes, know. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it was worth it. So I'm like, okay, you can't go to Howard, but one of the schools that she did get accept, accepted to out of the two was A and T. And so I'm like, well, then what the fuck? Why don't you just go to A and T? Jiho, you know what that is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she goes, yeah, but A and T is really expensive too. I'm like, oh, how much more is it than the school that you want to go to? Because I just, I'm, I just want to know the difference. Yeah, it's four thousand dollars difference. Oh my gosh, girl, just go to A and T. She's like, but that's four thousand dollars. I'm like, it's nothing I, when you're paying back loans or like a, you could get a scholarship for four K. You can get a Pell Grant. And here comes me yet again <laughs> doing the same thing that I talked we talked about earlier, dismissing. Four thousand dollars is nothing. Trust just... me, in the long term, four thousand dollars is absolutely nothing per year. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately, that's sixteen thousand dollars over the course of your, like your schooling, and when you add that to whatever else you're gonna have for your final bill, trust me. Four thousand. It's four thousand extra per year. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she felt like that was way too much. Like, that's way out of... Like, she's where am I getting that $4,000? i am like, the same way you're getting the rest of that money. You gotta get and, a loan. And so, for the school that she was considering going to, how was she going to, to pay for that school? Partially parents, partially loans, like a mix of everything. Okay. So, so she, you, you can tell based off of that college conversation that she felt dismissed once again, or you just thought in your head, "Oh shoot, this is I'm doing the same thing that she no, thought my girlfriend was doing." I already knew. And how did she respond to that? Not good. <laughs> and I wasn't. So for the record, I wasn't trying to be dismissive when I said it. I was just saying that four thousand dollars. Incremental four thousand dollars a year to get that degree, in the long term, is not going to be that big a deal to you. Once you get out of school and you get the job that you want, you will make that money back. That's all I was trying to say. That to her was, where am I getting that money? You're not taking into account that, and it's as if you don't care. I would definitely like to touch on both topics. Of discussion that you had with her, because I feel like they there's there's things that can be transferred for both topics, and for this particular topic on college, one thing I probably would have said to her was when we're talking about accreditation, and kids don't have an idea of what accreditation is because they go to high school and their high schools are fine, and you know you you get your diploma and your diploma is not judged based off of, well, it is judged based off of the type of high school you go to, but your diploma is still good. It's still legit. You know what I'm saying? It's not like someone saying, oh, go back to high school because the one that you went to, that diploma is not going to get you anywhere, like nowhere. So I think that when I applied to schools, I had a greater idea of accreditation because at that time, Grambling was actually losing theirs or they were on the verge. And I remember Grambling actually providing me with a full ride scholarship, which wasn't even like that much money each year because it was super cheap. 
and I did not go. And yeah, I did pay money to go to Howard and I'm still paying back my student loans, but I knew what accreditation meant for the long run. And I think that what I would have said to her is, you're worried about what you're gonna, how you're gonna find the capacity to get that extra 16K to pay for A&T. But what you need to be asking yourself is, when you go to the number 47 school or number 49 school or whatever number that school was that she was considering going to for her psychology degree, she will then need to ask herself when nobody decides to hire her because her school is not really accredited and they don't want to count her four years, how is she going to find money to go to another school to make up for the degree that no one wants to count as legit because we, of where she went? We actually had that conversation. And what did, did she say? She felt like, and I get it. She felt like I was saying that there was such a small likelihood that she'd be able to get into the field that she wanted to get in. I never said these words, by the way, but there is such a small likelihood that she'd be able to get into the field that she wanted to get into if she didn't go to one of the the, the better schools. Like they would not take her serious. And she's like, well, have you have you gone into this career path? It turned into that kind of conversation. And that's not where, do you know what I mean? Like that's not where I was. I, you know what? I think that also, instead of her focusing on who is shooting her down as far as like who is trying to diminish um, what she wants to do or how she's feeling or who's trying to dismiss her, she also needs to focus on is she dismissing herself? Because I feel like if you're telling her A&T is in the top 10 and the school that you want to go to because it's cheaper is in the lower 50 or high, uh, like the almost last on the list. What is stopping you from going to A&T? Is it really 16K? Because at the point where you're paying thousands of dollars a year, the same way you would pay back that money that you're planning on getting loans for is the same way you would pay back that 16K. So you can't just separate 16K from... I don't know however much she would spend per year, whether it be, I don't know, 20K or whatever. Maybe her whole college degree would be 60K total. But at that point, however you're planning on, on paying that back is the same way you would that 16K. And you would do it with the reassurance of, I know that I went to a school that can get me far. Now, let me ask you this, because we this goes further into that conversation we were having. Again, me trying not to be a D-bag about this. Mm -hmm. I said, if money is that big of a factor, have you thought about going to a PWI? Oh. Like anyone that's in your state, because they could potentially be cheaper and you could get you could get accreditation that way. Uh-huh. I don't want to go to a PWI. I'm like, okay. So you're obviously not worried about money that much. See, and then that's where my insensitivity... Well, but that is where my insensitivity comes in. I don't even know if that's insensitivity as, as opposed to it just being factual. Because if someone was truly worried about money, they wouldn't go to any school that they can't pay for out of pocket if they were really worried about it, right? She's agreeing that her parents will help. She's agreeing that there have to be some loans taken out. I think she's shortchanging herself because... Just like there's loans you could take out, there's grants, 
there's scholarships. You don't have to have all that lined up ahead of time. You are still able to get those along the way. And so she needs to be focused on, is she dismissing herself? I think that also needs to be a question in her mind. Everyone is not against her. And right. I, I think she's coming from the from the notion that she needs to defend everything that she feels, everything that she says, because she probably has this notion that what she feels and what she says is right across the board. No, I just feel like she doesn't feel validated a lot when she says something. Like people don't give her affirmation consistently. I, so that is something that can definitely be taken into consideration, maybe based on how she's raised Whatever. or right. yeah, right. or just like the school that she goes she, to, the teachers that she has. Right. But here's here's where my I knew if I reacted, though, in terms of being insens- insensitive, I knew I wasn't going to say the right thing. I just knew the minute she was just like, I don't want to go to PWI. I'm like, the only thing I said is it's still another option. Think of it as another option to get you where you want to go. Your ultimate goal is to become a psychologist out of school. That's the ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal, you know. You Was know community I mean? college ever thrown out there as two years and then spend the next two years that's not, in, huh? That's not what you said. Like, if you really care about money, this is what a lot of people do when they really care about money. They go to community college because it's cheap as hell. They get that that um, associate. But I love the fact you're go, saying this because then that gets into the conversation of, did you, do you even care what I already told you? Do you even care when I said, I don't want to go to PWI? And it's, it's like, now I, I and it's like, yes, I do care. I care so much that I want you to go to the best school. And now, because I want you to go to the best school, you think I'm dismissing you when I'm actually trying to push you in a great direction but you can't see that now because your cerebral cortex is not completely (laughs) is not completely developed but guess what in 10 years you're gonna look back and be like dang my cousin was right and that's exactly that's exactly what's going to happen so that's that's the college conversation to the to the heartbreak conversation Man, I kind of would have loved to have been there because I, too, went through my first heartbreak at 17, 18. And my boyfriend, too, also cheated on me. So would you say that it was dismissive the way that it was handled? I I don't think I would have had the, the mental capacity to think that someone's dismissing me by giving me the advice that, that your girlfriend gave. I think that I... When I was younger, I used to look at people giving me advice as they've been there and they've done that. And so they can see way far ahead than I can. And so they're giving me what they know based off what they've already experienced and I haven't. That's called wisdom. Right. But in your emotional state at 17 with your cerebral cortex not being developed and you're still emotional about what happened to you, you're not thinking about in five years or in three years when I'm at my HBCU and I'm living it up and meeting new guys and I'm going to forget this one, you're thinking about this was the love of my life or this is the only relationship I've had. And now when I think of a relationship, this is what I have to base it off of. And this is what happened to me. And I can't believe I went through this. So what? With all that being said, that does not mean that when I'm saying this to you, like you, you, because you're putting, you're able to put yourself in her shoes clearly. Cause yes, I am. I, but, but that does not mean that I'm not me, but 
doesn't mean my girl is trying to come for your neck. Does not mean that she's trying to purposely say your feelings in this don't matter the only at all. Thing your feelings are so dumb. Like that's not what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's not being condescending. Mm-hmm. She's not saying she's not yelling at you. She's not saying anything that's inappropriate. So the fact that the leap and here's me being dismissive right now. You have to go back the, to seventeen, and that's the, the hard part. Is actually mentally going back to seventeen. And trying to remember how things were for you and how you process things to be able to say, I get you. You know? That's the heart, that's the disconnect between adults and kids. You're you're missing the point. No, I'm not missing the point. Because when I'm we get you. No, I understand. And the only thing your girlfriend was trying to do was she was trying to make her feel better in the way of showing her there's light at the end of this tunnel. All she was trying to do is say, You're going through this now. But guess what? You're going to go through so many great experiences and the world is at your fingertips that you're not even going to even worry about this right? couple years from now. So with that being said, anybody that's going to take that OD personal, in my opinion, is just overly sensitive. That's just how I... I can totally understand that. That's how I took that in. And when you're dealing with an overly sensitive person, overly sensitive to your standards... You are going to feel like what you said was insensitive because that person's going to react to what you said as if it was. Well, you know what I'm saying? If it's not on the same wavelength as them, it's going to always so, so come off as you, insensitive. So how would you, if it was you who, who was responding to her, mm-hmm. what would you have said? I'm not saying I would say I would have said anything different because I don't know the actual semantics that were used in this conversation. I could see myself saying something along the lines of what your girlfriend said and saying, like, I've been through this same thing that you have, and I can tell you I went through, like, a half a year of depression because of it, which is true. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to hang out with my friends on our last summer. like, And just going through, like, what happened to me and showing her how much it impacted me Mm. and then... Then after that, saying, but you know what? When I got to Howard, I had my next boyfriend. And he was everything that that person wasn't. He was 10, 10 times better than a person that I could have ever asked for. And so I would have kind of like gone through the timeline of my life to say, look, I've been there with you. Trust me. Trust me, I had. But then I've also been on the other side. And that's what you what you can look forward to. And I know right now you're feeling it. So you can't even think about next year. You can't even think about freaking August, you know? But it will get better. And I think that's what your girl was just basically trying to do. I don't know if there is a right or wrong way to approach that matter in a way where she's going to feel like you are being, you're not being dismissive. Because no one wants to sit there and, and have someone wallow in their sorrow. They want to make them feel better. And that's what your girl and you were trying to do. Trying. She took it as dismissive. I don't know what she wanted you guys to do. Now, that's the thing. What would she have wanted instead? All right. The, so I'm going to move on to the last piece of the conversation before we head to the do's and the don'ts. There was another instance that I brought up around sensitivity. Um Somebody that I know, um, they've been with their girlfriend for over a year. Well, not over a year, but just just at a year. 
we were having a discussion around them doing kind of a one-year checkup, basically. So he went to his girl, said, yo, I just want to check in just to let you know, you know, how I'm feeling and would love to get some feedback from you. And it was just a clear, like, you know, he really likes her, so he wanted to check in. I think that's, and I think that's, sorry to interject, but that is super smart to do a verbal report card. Because I think a lot of times people think that everything's fine in the relationship just because the relationship still exists and they really just don't know. So he's like, I, I want to have like a, a really transparent conversation with you. So whatever you feel, put it out there on the table. So he laid everything out there on the table. Basically let her know like he feels like everything is going well. And they've, you know, they've gotten to a space where he's really comfortable around her. And he hasn't felt like this is about anybody else. So he was like, oh, it's your turn. We'd love to hear from you. Well, she turns to him and goes, I mean, to be honest. Now... I already said to you, if somebody starts a conversation with, to be honest, the next thing on the end of that is not going to be something that you really want to hear. Because nobody wants to hear honesty. Just not not the way that that's set up. It normally just going to feel like a slap in the face. Um, She goes from there to say, well, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I've I've been feeling a little way, basically. And she goes, there's just a couple of things here or there that just made me feel like, you know. And he's like, no, I don't. So she filled him in. She's like, one, I just, I just felt like you, you haven't been kind of living up to what you're supposed to do as a man. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, she said what? Sam's Addy. She said what? <laughs> Talk about sensitivity and feelings. She slit his throat with that one. I, 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 I know me personally. So, in my mind, I'm like, why are you taking this shit? Why are you dealing with this shit? But okay. So, she goes, well, you know. There's just certain things I expect of men, and I don't feel like you've been doing, you know, 100% your part. Like what? And so she goes, one, well, my headboard had broke on my bed. They were getting it in. I ask you, (laughs) hey, can you fix this? I would love for you to fix it. And then you responded by saying, oh, don't worry. I can get somebody to come fix that. Like you were going to pay somebody. I said, what the fuck is wrong with that? I'm confused as to what the fuck is wrong she with that. wanted him to fix it. So in her mind, you know, I need you to be a handyman. Then number two. She's on the third floor of a walk-up. No elevator. They went to the grocery store. He has tons of grocery bags. She has tons of grocery bags. She wants him to bring the grocery bag upstairs. So he drops a couple of the bags off at the at the front door, like as in in the lobby area, and runs upstairs with a few bags and then runs back downstairs to get the rest of them and then comes back up with the rest the remainder of the bag. She felt like, again, that wasn't very manly. She's like, why didn't you bring all the bags? Which. Dang. Wow. That's. Wow. On the petty meter, that's like 
Did the bag still make it in the apartment? Yeah. Yes. So why do you care? Man. I... She's like, I care about how the bags got up there, though. <laughs> Man. I'm wow. Confused. She needed something to be mad about that day. That's what that was. And then on the final one, this is the third one. This is this one like had me like, woo. I had to ask extra follow-up questions. <laughs> she said, I just don't feel like you're as assertive as the men that I've had previously in my life. And he's like, well, what well, what do you mean by that? Like, when, when, what way? She's like, you know, you know, I expect you to be a little bit more, you know, you know, when it comes to, you know. And he's like, what? She's like, you know, sex, like, like, you know, grab me, you know, grab me up a little bit, you know. She's like, slap me up a little bit. I, she's not. <laughs> she said, choke me a little she bit. She didn't say. She's like, I want to be gasping for air a little bit. She didn't say. She said, I want to feel like I need to tap out a little bit. Wow, girl, you violent. She said. I'm like, she I'm, said, ham cuff me to my, my broken headboard a little bit. In my <laughs> mind, I'm like, wait, does she want you to beat her ass? Like, Pretty I don't much. understand. She's giving him consent. Now, this is what we call consent. <laughs> she said, I have given you permission, verbal permission, to slap me up a little bit to a lot of bit. And you haven't been doing it a little bit. So step it up. <laughs> so, with that. He feels emasculated. He doesn't know what to do with that. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, what was your response to this? So, of course, she's able to respond to the last one around, you know, the kind of assertiveness that she expects from him. But it's just so uncomfortable. Every word that comes out of her mouth after that. What she say? It just turns into, well, you know, I like it when somebody does this. Like, I had an ex do blah, 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 blah. I'm well, like. She didn't have to say who did it. Ooh. Come on, girl. She just twisted the whole knife Ooh. in his neck. Ooh. And he, when he comes to me with this, I literally ask him. I'm like, does that make you feel like. She thinks about what was happening with her ex if you guys are ever doing anything. He's like, yeah, man. Well, if it didn't before, it did after you asked that question. <laughs> no, Good I, this job. This is not my fault. Look at oh, your sensitivity levels. Sensitivity levels. Just off the Richter scale. This is not my He's fault. like, I didn't, but now that you put it that way, but I guess not- I am. <laughs> I didn't say this to him. She did, so... What? So how did he respond to her as 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 far as like her her requests in the bedrooms? Like what did he say? Well, he ended up getting a headboard fixed. So he his only rebuttal of that was, well, I it got fixed and everything's where it's supposed to be. And the bags got up the stairs. <laughs> so the real problem was that was the last one. How did he fix like how did he fix that? Well, that's the thing. He was asking what should he do? And again, my sensibilities are fucked. She asked her. No, I'm saying he was asking me what mm-hmm. he should do in this situation. Oh. And frankly. Do what she says. That is not what I said. That is not. I said she really is going out of her way to make you feel awful. Mm. Really. Like, 
everything from bringing up the ex in the way that she did to the fact that she genuinely does not appreciate the man that you are. You brought up all the goddamn bags, which is what she wanted you to do. Maybe you didn't do it in the manner in which she found sexy, but you got all the goddamn bags up there. And then on top of that, the headboard broke. You paid the service worker to come in and actually fix everything, which was the solution. Ultimately, what you wanted was, I don't know, uh, oh, a headboard that actually connected. So that's what he got you. You wanted groceries upstairs? That's what he did. Now you're telling him he needs to be more assertive. And if he comes at you the wrong way and chokes you half to death, are you going to be mad? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you went in that, which is why I said to him, do you feel like in some capacity that she not only emasculated you, but no longer is attracted to you as her partner? And he didn't really have an answer for that because he's like, I don't know how to feel about any of this. Now, as a woman, after you're hearing all the stuff that she said, do you what do you think? Like, shouldn't she have been more sensitive because it's her man when she's given that information? Um, one question I have before I answer your question is how long did they did they uh, talk or predate before they started becoming boyfriend and girlfriend? I think it was only like two months. Two months? Yeah. I think that she has found herself in a situation where she's discovering things that she doesn't like about him while she's in the relationship. And these are things that she did not allow herself to discover prior getting into the relationship with him. And that's her bad. That's really what it is. Because if you get to know someone well, and I don't know how much time that would take. I'm not saying two months is not long enough, but it's really not a long time if you ask anyone. If you get to know someone well before you get into a relationship with them, stuff like this wouldn't even be an issue, especially not in the first year. The first year is supposed to be like that honeymoon year where everything is just great. And that's me generalizing. But if it's not great, then that sounds whack. Like, like so, what is holding you into this relationship that you've only had for less than a year if everything is not great? You know what I'm saying? And why did it take him to have a meeting with you? For you to like express these things. But that leads me to wonder what kind of relationship do they have where they have not spoken about this b before? And not to say that he can control when she decides to be candid about things. Because yes, there is onus on her where she needs to speak up. And not let things fester until someone asks you for a verbal report card on them. And then you just let everything unleash. And then you probably realize how much these things really affect you or how much you really don't like these things that when you even tell them about it, it comes off really insensitive, almost as if it's like, do you not want to be with them anymore? Is Are you trying to break up with them in a low key way? Like, are you trying to like hurt him so bad that he can't even fathom being in this relationship? Like what what's her angle? You know what I'm saying? And I think that him even having the conversation with her turned into this is what I hate about you 
And I don't even know if that was reciprocated as far as like, was he able to say these are the things that I would like us to improve upon? No, because he didn't think about anything. He didn't think that anything was wrong. So, so he that was, was another, fine with her on yeah. his end. So then wow. he was asking me, he's like, do you think we need to go see like a therapist? And in my mind, I want to just thought I'd be like, no, y'all just need to stop seeing each other. So what'd you say to him? I said... I think that would do both of you justice because then she'd be able to air these things out and you get more context and detail on it. But I also feel like she and you need to talk more often because the fact that she held on to a lot of this stuff for so long makes me uncomfortable. Um, that is what I said. Did he even ask her why she never said anything before? Like, why haven't you told me this before? Should have been a question for him to ask her. Because she's making it seem like everything's your fault because this is the way that you do things and I don't like it. When it's like, okay, well, why haven't you said anything until now? She she was accustomed to how her exes were doing things. So what she likes, and I don't, personally, I don't know if this relationship is going to last long. Because there's two issues in this relationship. Well, there's more than two, but the two, the two, clearly there's three according to her. But the two main issues that I see in this relationship is that one she doesn't know how to communicate that's blatant because if she did there would have been ways along the time of this year that they could have had this conversation without him having to prompt her i don't know if i would say she doesn't know how to communicate when she fucking destroyed this man within like a seven to eight minute conversation well if it bothers her that much enough for her to destroy him in that way it didn't start bothering her then it's been bothering her. Okay. So she let it fester to, okay. to get to that point to be so rude to him. Sure. So at that point, you okay. don't know how to communicate, you know, when it's actually hitting you the, the first time. Um, secondly, the type of man that she wants is not him. And there's nothing that he can do to change that. The type of man that she sounds like she wants is someone that has a very type A personality, someone who is a quote unquote manly man as she wants to call it, that does all these things that men do in these gender roles or that are expected of them. And she wants him to be that way naturally. It doesn't sound like she wants him to alter himself to be that way. It sounds like she's more upset with the fact that he doesn't know how to be that way for her when her past exes did because that's who they were naturally. And at the core of who we are as adults, we can only change ourselves so, so much. We are still who we are at our core. We can alter a few things like learning how to communicate and stuff like that. But when it comes to him, is he going to all of a sudden learn how to build a house? Is he going to all of a sudden learn how to build a headboard just in case it breaks again? Is he going to think to himself, oh my gosh, I need to carry the groceries this way every time they go grocery shopping. Like he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's to be the type of man that she wants him to naturally be. When it comes to them in the bedroom, I don't believe there's anything wrong with asking for someone to do something a certain way. But now that she's implanted the fact that his her ex used to do things a certain way, he's already going to feel defeated when approaching that with her because now in his mind he's thinking the person before me who was with you who didn't make it and for whatever reason that relationship did not last 
who didn't make it, who did things the way that you wanted him to do it because of the person who he was, did this act or did this thing in the bedroom a certain way and I don't do it that way and you're punishing me for it. So how much, how much am I going to make it in this relationship if that person didn't? That's a fair point. So I just don't think that it doesn't sound like they're cut out for each other. And I can honestly say when I think of my ideal man or the person that I would like to be with, there's certain things that I don't want to mold in that person. Yep. I will never look for a Build-A-Bear type of situation where I'm like, I want a young dude so I can mold him like Gumby or Play-Doh and he can be, become the man that I want him to be. No, there are certain things that I would like a man to already hone and possess within his, himself and his aura and his energy that I can't teach him to have. And those are the people that I would probably be more likely to end up with. And I feel like he may have shown signs of being who he was while they dated for two months because he has no other choice but to be himself. And she ignored those signs. And now that she's with him, they're bothering her. And this is what happens. I'm going to leave this on this final note. I don't ever want to be the guy who breaks up a relationship. I don't like that being on my conscience, right? How would you be that? Because the By way that... By suggesting that he should? Yes. And me trying to be as sensible as possible and understanding people's uh, sensitivities, the psychology behind that, I knew not to say anything that was going to go you know, left. But every part of me wants him not to be in the sip generation. Every part of him. It's not healthy. It's not good. And there's a certain level of respect that, you know. That is lacking. And she has none for him. I, I don't know if she needs like. better decorum. I don't know what she needs. I, she well, needs you someone, said it. You said it. She needs another guy. Like, she needs someone who's not him. Well, there goes that. And you know what? As much as you don't want him to be in this relationship because you, you feel like he can be in a better one, and I'm sure he By can. By a mile. I'm sure he can. But we're not emotionally attached to this person. He is. You know, so it's going to be a lot harder for him to actually carry that out than it would be for us to tell him to carry that That's out. That's fair. So I think that what's going to happen is they're going to break up in some sort of fashion. And I'm not wishing the the end of a relationship. No, I get it. I'm just saying that chips are going to fall where they fall and it's going to happen in some sort of way. If she if this is how she's starting off her first year. I don't know how it could go up from here based off of how he's feeling right now. All right. Finally, we're going to close the show out as we always do. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the main topic with our do's and don'ts. Ooh, Bryson, come on in. All right. So, for the do's, I'm going to start today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk to my fellas. Fellas. Whew. Um, we're, we're pretty much now out of cuffing season. As you guys know. Good. And we're getting... Over it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never good at cuffing season. (laughs) And we're getting into uh, the next phase of the seasons. And with that being said, there's going to be a lot of competition out there. There's going to be a lot of women who may or may not even know you exist. Now, if you want to stand out amongst these other guys that you're going to be in competition with, I need you to think about how you date women. And when I say that, I mean 
where you take them. I'm not worried about restaurants. We all could do that. I'm not worried about going to the park. We can all do that as well. What I'm telling you is, if you really want to woo her, and some women are uncomfortable with this, but when she tells you that she is comfortable and she gives you the opportunity, just do it for her occasionally. Guys, my do for the day is cook for your women more often. Mm. I know there has to be a dish, one or two, that you know you can put down and effectively make her go, this is some good ass shit. I'm starting to think the key to women's heart is food. (laughs) I think I once heard that in reverse. You ain't wrong. Because it's creative. It shows you care. And to some women, the shit's even sexy. You may or may not get some after that. You just never know. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I'm just saying there's opportunities there. (laughs) That's it. That's my do for the day. And if you cook for your woman, she'll forget how you carry the groceries up the stairs. Oh, woot. (laughs) (laughs) Woot chile. Now it's time for the don't women. Listen, depending on where you live, when you go out on a date with a guy... He may or may not be driving you back to your house, dropping you off, whatever the case may be, making sure that you get home safe. Ladies, when a guy drops you off at your house after a date, there's a trick that they pull sometimes. It's the, I have to go to the bathroom trick. Yes, that's a trick, ladies. Do not let him into your house. Guys use this trick all the time. You know why? Because who's going to decline someone having to go to the bathroom? Like, come on, we're all human. You probably drink on your date. He probably feels like I have a long ride home. Like, I just need to release before I go. This is a trick, ladies. He wants to get into your apartment so that you're more comfortable and he can put the moves on you. And hopefully one thing could lead to another. Don't fall for it. If he has to go to the bathroom, what you need to do is say no, first of all. But as you're leaving the restaurant and you're about to be on your way home, make sure he uses the bathroom before he leaves. Just make sure. Just be like, yo, I think you should go release, break break, break water. Just do what you got to do, right? If he has to go to the bathroom when he drops you off, tell him no. You know why? Because guys can go to the bathroom any damn where they want to. That is the joy of being a man. He can go in the bush. He can go down the street. He can go in the alley. But what he doesn't need to do is go in your apartment. It's a trick. Do not fall for it. And with that said, that is our show for the day. You should be hearing those little chords coming in. Um, you can catch us. <laughs> you can catch us on Google Play. You can catch us on iTunes. You can catch us on IG and Twitter. Good night. I peanut. <laughs>